Hello everybody and welcome to this week's Retro Rewind where we are playing, or we have played, Psychonauts. Yes, we've been playing Psychonauts, so here today to talk to me about Psychonauts and also to say a great big Happy New Year to y'all is Dave. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope it's been a good one because we're in the past right now and I hope the future hasn't had World War Three yet. That's a very good point. Hopefully New Year has happened. Yeah. You know, because like in Times Square, if the ball doesn't reach one and the fireworks don't go off, the year doesn't change. Nope. Everybody's just in stasis. Yeah, we're stuck. Is that not a Futurama episode or something? I would imagine it's got to be, right? It's, if it's not, a Futurama I'm sure episode who's done it. Yeah. I do remember The Simpsons, where they're counting down, and it's six, 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 <laughs> and then someone shoots it. It's five, four, three, two, one. Ah, <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, Psychonauts. So we are talking about Psychonauts. This was my pick from ages ago now, and it's been on my list of games to play for quite some time, because at the end of 2017, when we did our What Are We Looking Forward To in 2018, I said Psychonauts 2. And then three days after we posted the episode, Tim Schafer on Double Fine came out and said, yeah, um, Psychonauts isn't going to be out until 2019. <laughs> uh, terrible time and probably my fault. It's my yeah. fault that Stan Lee died as well. So. a big old asterisk on 2019? Or is it like a solid there, thing? I imagine it, it, it's got to be a solid 2019, but it was, it, it was never actually confirmed to be... It's definitely 2019, so who knows? I'm happy if the, the the development takes longer and they make a perfect game. I'm happy with them taking their time, but not too much time, Tim. Just just enough time. Well, I mean, yeah. Look, Please. look at what leaving uh, what's his name, Ron Gilbert did. I mean, leaving him alone for a long time gave us Thimbleweed Park. So hopefully, mm-hmm. we can get the kind of same thing here. Um, yeah. Let me crack into the stats just to get these out of the way really quick because it's up on my tablet and it's annoying me. So, Psychonauts was released for Microsoft Windows, Xbox, and the PlayStation 2. In North America, it released in April on Windows and Xbox with the PS2 version hitting in June. And then Europe got it in February of 2006, all versions. It was, of course, developed by Double Fine Productions with the director being Mr. Tim Schafer. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it also says under writers, there's a guy named Eric Wolfpaw. And I got to give that guy props for having a really cool name. Is it not Wolfpaw? Is it oh, Wolfpaw? No, it's Wolfpaw. <laughs> it was at the edge <laughs> of my screen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I like to call him Old Wolfpaw. Just because. Yeah. Oh, dear God. That's brilliant. So, Psychonauts. Psychonauts has us... I'll just do a wee bit of story. Sure. Has us at a psychic camp. So it's like your stereotypical summer camp in America, I suppose, in the middle of the woods with a log fire and cabins. But it's for psychic children. And the beginning of the story sees you, Raz, Rasputin, I suppose his name is. Yes. Which I don't get. I can't remember who Rasputin is in history. Wait, you're joking, right? Is that... Is that the Russian one? Yeah, the, the guy that got shot, stabbed, oh. hung, drowned, and still didn't die. There we go. That's the one. I thought I knew he was Russian, but I couldn't remember why. 
No, no, not it's not that I couldn't remember why he was Russian. He was clearly Russian for a reason. Probably because of his parents. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so um, Raz has escaped home. You have escaped home, and you have infiltrated this camp because you are desperate to be a psychonaut. And a psychonaut in this world are the rangers, the superheroes, I suppose, who battle the, the big bad with their psychic abilities. And the whole point of the story is for you to go through summer camp, earn all your powers with your badges, like scout badges. Do you have scout badges over there or beavers badges? Uh, yeah, or, boy scout badges, yeah. yep. Boy scout badges for each of your powers and save the world is the basic story. Yeah, I'd say and that's a pretty that's good basic. That's probably where I'm going to land. Like, before we crack into the gameplay and that, what is your history with this game, Dave? My history is I played it on the PlayStation 2 and I finished it and went... Okie doke! And then the internet exploded with Psychonauts is one of the best games ever, along with Beyond Good and Evil. And I never quite got around to replaying it to see if I agree with the internet or not. So that's why I signed up for this. My history is very similar. I played it on... I played it on PC, actually. And PlayStation 2. I must have played it three or four times during the era with which it was in which it was first released. 2006, did you say? Yeah, yeah. For you guys, yeah. It was 20... 21 21 and partying hard at my PC playing Psychonauts did you use keyboard or gamepad? Uh, keyboard oh you weirdo (laughs) jeez I I was 21 I couldn't afford a gamepad (laughs) but who plays a 3D platformer with a keyboard that's just odd Um, me it's unfortunate I used to I mean I used to play like even things like as we were talking about before we started recording Hitman and everything I used to remember playing everything 3D with the keyboard and mouse that's Nothing weird else. yeah it's weird but what, what out of curiosity and, uh, what is the mouse control in Psychonauts do you know what I cannot I cannot remember for the life of me I, it's escaped okay. me I will watch a YouTube of someone oh, playing it if such a thing exists but I imagine it's a usual look you must Look or inverted oh, look point. about. Yeah, because I'm thinking all the all and the then, abilities are like auto target stuff, but I don't know if it was like that on PC. Maybe that was just console. Yeah, they're all auto target, and you've got three attacks bound to any keys. So maybe your left, right, and middle mouse were your three, or maybe right click was jump. That seemed to be a thing at one point on PC where right click was jump. Really? Ooh, um, yeah. Ooh, that's that's weird. I'm glad I'm a controller man. I know, I know, I know. Anyway, um, my history is that I played it then, and then as the news of Psychonauts 2 was kind of breaking and then gaining excitement to it, or for it, uh, Rhombus of Ruin came out, the PSVR title, and it sat, along with Psychonauts, in my PlayStation 4 folder of shame, and it sat, and it sat, and it sat, until this very moment where this is the year for Psychonauts 2, so... Let's dig into it. Plus, it fits with our retro rewind picking convention. It's a new year, so I could pick any game I wanted <laughs> instead yeah, of having to. You, you got lucky with. on that one because I don't know too many games I would have picked that ended with a P. And do you know what? It's funny because it's me that does the schedule and kind of figures out who picks what game what, and it just so happened. You got lucky. I got, the, I so, got very lucky. I guess we'll <laughs> talk about this a little later too, as well. But you know, you're you're a big Tim Schafer man. You like Tim mm-hmm. Schafer and Gilbert. Yeah. Where does this fall on the old Tim Schafer scale for you? That's a difficult one. It's a very, very difficult one because I think 
Tim Schafer has released some really good games, some really nice games. I was a arguable. fan of ar- arguable, yeah, but I can argue myself out of it. <laughs> um, and words that I'm are about to escape my mouth just now. Uh, things like uh, Grim Fandango and um, Broken Age in particular, mm-hmm. really great games conceptually. I love the thought that goes into them and the idea behind them. The zaniness, the wackiness, the same as this. But when you start to break down the gameplay and the mechanics and even some of the puzzles to a certain extent, things get a bit ropey. And I think Tim Schafer does really well at that conceptual, I've got this brilliant idea. I watched a video about Psychonauts and it was in the days of Grim Fandango where he had this idea. I think Psychonauts was originally supposed to be, and I might have the animal wrong, but I think it was supposed to be a camel or a flamingo that you played. I could have done it as a flamingo. It's one of the two, and he took it to someone and got shot down, and took it to someone else and got shot down, so he shelved it until it eventually turned into the psychonauts that we know and potentially love. <laughs> and I think he's he's got all those bubbling ideas, but then when you look at someone like Ron Gilbert, he's got the puzzle building ability that fits in so well. And I think sometimes when you look at Double Fine's work, it loses some of that well-structured puzzle. Well, yeah, because that's I'm still what I'm a big curious fan. about, right? Like, because there's a lot about this that reminds me of Brutal Legend, right? Mm-hmm. But every game they've done after, let's say, the split, I mean, I doubt they hate each other. They're not like the Beatles or anything. But after they both yeah. went their own separate ways and Ron Gilbert went, you know, putt-putt and Tim Schafer went to do this stuff, it seems like you're right. It seems like they lost one person who was very good with the mechanics and how things fit together, yep. and the other person was very much the idea man. Yeah, because I can't, 100%. And, and I mean, we'll get into why I think this about this too, but most of his games don't hold up as games. They're like the perfect example of, yeah, but the charm and story will carry you through kind of games. Yeah. Okay, so what, like, out of curiosity, where do you fall on Brutal Legend? Because I've never heard you mention it. Uh, I've never played it. You, we spoke about this the last time. I can't remember oh, when you told... You t- no, 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 that isn't... That is, that's on me. I should have picked it up, but I just haven't. Because I think out of all never the safer games, I mean, bar like uh, Iron Brigade and some of the other, like, stacking, I've never played stacking either. But barring those, I think that's probably my favorite Schaefer game. I was going to say that out of all of them, when you look at that puzzle element, stacking is the one that holds up as being amazing. You think it's just because that was built specifically to be, all right, this is a puzzle game? Yeah, I think it's more than anything, because the the story is a bit bunker nuts in that, and it's, that's, again, I can see Tim sitting going, we should have Matroshka dolls all with different <laughs> costumes and they can run about a train and there's been a murder and we'll get them to solve it and leaving it at that. You know, not quite. I don't want to downplay his input into it. But stacking is the one that I it's an absolute pleasure to play. It's yeah. hilarious. Well, I'll I'll definitely have to try it now. Because this has it too, but there is a very definite level of charm to his stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, um, 100%, but yeah. One of the main things I'm curious about is, does the sense of humor still work for you now? Yeah, it does. I don't know what, I don't know if this is a nostalgia thing or not. I imagine not, because I can see myself, I, like, I played Rhombus Rune, which is, it was released in 2017 at some point, maybe June of 2017, I can't quite remember, and 
I absolutely I played through that as well, and we can talk about at the end of oh, the yeah, episode. We can talk to. about that as well. But I I laughed my head off at that as well, and it's brand new, same style of humor, but just new jokes, new one liners, and I was just chuckling my way through the thing. So yeah, it does it very work. It very much works. Well, yeah, I mean that that's the weird thing, right? Is I did there's only one part. I remember we talked about this before that I found laugh out loud funny. But it's kind of falls in the same category as like The Simpsons for me. I'll very rarely laugh out loud at The Simpsons, but I have a uh-huh. smile on my face the entire time. Yeah. What was the bit you laughed out loud at, just out of curiosity? Uh, when, you know, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. The old guy. What one? <laughs> the old guy that lives underneath the, the camp. Was it oh, Mullen um, oh, or Duggan or something like that? Yeah, whatever um, his name is, just yeah. whatever his name when is. When he uh, when he asks if you're ready for the mission, you have the prompt to say yes or no, and if you say no, he <laughs> slaps you and says, "How about he now?" He slaps you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I did that it's a good very, five very six good. times. That was that was good fun. Let's talk mechanics because I think if we talk if we go mechanics and general pros and cons and gripes and that kind of thing. We're probably going to get most of the negativity out of the way before we talk about anything else, which is quite nice. That's a good yeah, point. Mostly, it's mostly nice. So you've got a three D platformer. You've got a hub world, which is the camp, and you have got to visit certain worlds. The worlds are actually inside people's minds, and you, as a psychonaut or a trainee budding psychonaut, have to enter people's minds, clear up mental cobwebs sort out emotional baggage and clear whatever major mental misfunction that person has, which is usually a boss, in order to get them to overcome their mental problem and help you in real life. Jeez, that did that smoother than what I ever thought. <laughs> that was that was very succinct. Uh, you didn't even mention oh, that the good. emotional baggage is these cute little suitcases and I you know. have to find little tags to take care of the emotional baggage. Uh-huh. Very nice touch. The, a lot of the literalness, the cobwebs that are, you know, your your um, cobwebs are just mental cobwebs that are dangling about the place that you have to soak in. One of the collectibles, one of the main collectibles of the whole game are figments of the imagination of the person. So it's, say you're inside the mind of the coach, Coach Oleander, this war general type character. It's wee tanks and bombs and things like things that would just you would think would be floating about his mind. His mind is a big warscape warscape, warland type bombs uh, now, going off. I have a question kind of about the figments. Because you mm-hmm. have problems with your eyeballs. I have can't a see lot one of them. Of, I was gonna say <laughs> I can't see half of these things. I don't know how many times nah. I'd run forward and go, oh I guess that was one there. Yeah, um, I can't. There is absolutely no point in me trying to even collect them all. One because um, as short a game it is, it's a six-hour game, seven hours, say, call it maybe ten hours if it's your first playthrough. There are over a thousand. I looked it up. There's over a thousand individual collectibles between figments, emotional baggage, cobwebs, and anything Ooh. else that you've got to collect. Over a thousand. That is a lot. And I mean, collecting. to be fair, for the most part, most of them are like Mario coins, where you can follow them, mm-hmm. and that's the path you have to walk on. But there are some, and I think it's because they're two D images plastered onto a three D background that makes my eyes just kind of look over them. They do, they do, and 
they're used in quite a nice way at some points in that speci- that first level which acts as your introduction to the general game mechanics oh the oleander figments camp? yeah there's yeah. figments climbing up nets so you kind of oh, just yeah. follow the figment trail it's it's a really nice wee thing so anyway that's that's a rough rough that's the world you are in um, you yourself, you have got several psychic abilities that you gain throughout the levels. The first one you start off with is... Is? Let's not go through the psychic abilities in any particular <laughs> order that you collect them in. That's a great Instead, idea. Instead, uh, let's just mention them as they come up. So your psychic abilities include Psyblast, which is a general kind of like... Laser, laser projectile. Yep, it's it's nice. You've got psychinesis, which lets you lift certain objects, objects that glow in the environment when you're you're able to interact with them. You've got psi, some sort of burn, psi flame, psi burn, that kind of thing. Pyrokinesis. Psi ignite, pyrokinesis, which lets you set things on fire. You have got invisibility, which, funnily enough, lets you become invisible. Really, incredibly. Yeah, it does. It's, wow. It does. It's incredibly, incredibly handy. Uh, Dave, help me out because it does there's, let there's you more. become invisible but not invulnerable, right? Yes. Yeah, it's invisible but not invulnerable. Okay, okay. Because um, there were times where I went invisible, but I went, things were hitting me, like the flaming pins at the meat circus, right, where your father saw the flaming pins, and I went invisible, ex- but I wasn't sure if I was in like that delay after you get hit. How you have like that thirty seconds? Not thirty seconds. Jeez, like yeah. that three seconds. Three seconds, yeah. So it is just invisible. It's just invisible. And that bit there, that's exactly where I noticed that exact thing as well. Because you go invisible, but by then, there's one already coming at you. There's a flaming pin already. Um, Incredibly annoying. Oh, levitate. When you roll on Um, a little ball. mm -hmm. Um, It's actually, that's a very good point. For the the more physical uh, psi abilities that you have there's a visual cue as to what's happening. A lot of the times when you're using um, kinesis, there's a hand, there's a glowing hand that'll pick things up, and you see other characters use that as well. With levitate, you're actually just running about on a big ball. The kind of wee touches like that just make me think that's that's fantastic. Oh, you've also got an ability that I can't remember what it's called, but it allows you to go into someone else's mind to then see how they perceive the world. And oh, it becomes yeah. a, a key kind of thing in one of the levels. Is it's, it's like possession, need... right? Yeah. Is it possession? I can't remember. Oddly enough, it, it, that forms the entire basis for the Rhombus of Ruin game, that one oh, really? ability. Yeah, I can't remember what it is. Anyway. Well, we were paying attention. I know, we were paying attention. So that's it. Those are your your abilities, and you jump and you platform, sometimes terribly with awful camera angles, and you have to get through the game. Now, see, I might argue with you a little bit on the camera angles thing. But first, uh, it is weird how you don't really use those abilities in any kind of combat at all. Those are almost adventure game tools. Yeah. Like, I think the only boss you use it on is uh, the Oleander tank. I think that's the only boss yeah, you to throw, use yeah. it on. You use it on the dad at the end, the butcher. You have to throw you, things oh, at his knees. Right. Yeah, yeah the, yeah, the telekinesis. But yeah, like you can't get into a fight and set an enemy on fire kind of thing. Yeah, you can. Well, yeah, but I mean, you can't as in you it's don't. not made to be played that way. Yeah, it's, it's no, very no. clunky to do that. 
it's, it's, it's very clunky to use those for anything other than adventure gaming purposes. You're more, you're looking at traditional punching and slapping, which comes with a great big glowing hand when big you punch people. Hand. You are very much traditional combat. You're hitting and very physical when it comes to tr- normal enemies. When you hit the bosses, some of them might use psychic abilities, but in a pre-scripted way. There's one way to beat that boss, and it's using one of your abilities. And then there's the environment, which you manipulate almost exclusively with your psi abilities. So there is a natural split there. It almost has a Legend of Zelda vibe, especially in the boss fights, where it's like, okay, what new tool did I get? I'm guessing I have to use that. Mm Mm-hmm. The, the game is very much there's a lot of gatekeeping within the game which is one of my major gripes is you need the cobweb duster to get past a certain point you need a certain ability if you enter someone's mind say you enter the woman's mind and it's a disco place it tells you right at the very start oh you might not get very far because you don't have this certain power that kind of thing it's nice to have the high, the, the prompt at some point but I kind of thought you shouldn't be getting to that point without having gained that power. It's there's the gatekeeping. Yes. Uh, that was a big complaint I read when I was reading about this because I wanted to read what people complained about and what they liked about mm-hmm. it. And one of the big complaints was the the cobweb thing. And oh, like you need it halfway yeah. through. And I thought, yeah. oh, okay. I I think you messaged me about it too, actually. And it was like, okay, let me make sure I get this early. That way I don't hit a brick wall and have to leave and all that. But you know what? Mm -hmm. It appeared quite late in the game. Like, I was surprised how far in you needed that cobweb duster. Yeah. To the point... On the milkman level. Yeah, I mean, that's quite far in to the point where you should have either picked it up or have enough by now if you've been just even barely exploring it all. Let's let's talk arrowheads. Oh, well, arrowheads. So arrowheads are your currency, and this, the cobweb duster costs quite a significant amount 800. of arrowheads. 800. You have got arrowheads you can pick up on the ground, and you can also buy a divining rod, which lets you hook up big, high-value arrowheads, like 20 to 50 a pop. My problem was that by the time I hit that gatekeeping point, I had not bought the cobweb duster i spent all my money on dream fluff which um regenerates your health if you die that kind of thing i just i frittered away my money on useless I stuff shouldn't fritter never fritter i know uh so my advice that i texted out and this this is the thing i, te- I sent you the message i sent luke the message who unfortunately couldn't finish or play i don't know i don't know how far or he got through care. it or care uh, a message you saying save your money buy the cobweb duster as soon as you can I played it twice and my PC playthrough was an hour and a half longer actually it was more like two hours longer than my PlayStation playthrough mostly because I had to spend ages grinding for arrowheads now I, I mean I it's I can't remember when I originally played it because I was like five years old or whatever but um mm-hmm. Like, this time, I, it might be because you mentioned it, but one of the first things I did get was the divining rod. Like, that was the first thing I bought. Okay. And yeah. I didn't even have to make it a point to grind for arrowheads, if you know what I mean. It was just kind of a, yeah. well, I'm on my way to this area. Let's go ahead and just see what we can get along the way. Mm-hmm. It's very much, and it's built to be played like that. I think I just rushed it the first time or cocked it up in some way. It's a shame. 
and and of course you have uh, psy cards and psy cores, mm-hmm. which are pretty much the what you would think of as the collectibles. Yeah, um, these psy cards. If you get nine of them, you can attach them to a psy core, which levels you up. And the more levels you get, the more fun you have, I suppose. Well, uh, the, the higher also, your mental rank, it's uh, your abilities. You unlock new abilities. Um, your hundred, one hundred figments also equals a rank as well. I don't think it's a hundred. I think it's fifty because I think each figment counts as two in your mental rank. Does it? I'm pretty sure it does. Oh, okay, so it's fifty figments at two points a figment. And out of curiosity, what do you remember? What level you ended on? Uh, it was. 61 on the PlayStation. I couldn't tell you what it was on the PC. It would have been lower than that because I kind of rushed the PC one despite the PlayStation one being quicker. Okay, so I ended somewhere between 40 and 60 because I didn't get the 60 trophy, but I got the 40 trophy. So Damn. you can you can and even finish this game without even hitting 60. And there's a trophy for all the way up to level 101. Yeah, that's is- ridiculous. There's a point of no return, there's a visible, which I quite like, there's a visible and physical and audible and textual point of no return that says, if you have not got everything by now, don't continue. And if you do continue... I do like how they let you trade stuff in right there too. So if you only have partial amounts of stuff, you can trade it Mm -hmm. in after you've said, okay, yeah, let's go past this point of no return. It also does an autosave for you at that spot, which is very nice. One other thing I want to ask is the brains. The brains. Yes. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> the the kiss is a nice touch. I like the kiss. Yeah. Um, did you go out of your way to collect all of them? No. Uh, I collected all the ones I spotted. I don't know how many I collected in the end. Yeah, that was that was pretty much the way I did it. Like, I think I got five or six like the room was half full, I think the last time I went there. I only I only went back and redeemed them once. Then right, it's the one thing at the very end of the game. Um, Sasha and the woman I can't remember what the woman's name is. They at the very very end just they go okay thanks for these brains we'll go and get the rest of them now. It kind of devalues all of your collecting when they say right we'll go and mop up for you. Yeah, but around that time, I mean, I don't know about you, but it was around that time when I realized that Mr. Pokelopes was the only important thing about this game. Mr. Pokelopes. Mr. Pokelopes is a turtle who speaks like, he speaks, I can't do his voice. Can you do his voice? <laughs> very, very deep voice. Uh, wears hey, a little baby. crown. And Why don't you just go over there? <laughs> yeah. It'll be all right, baby. Um, It'll be fine, baby. Yeah, Mr. Pokeloves is probably the best thing about this game. Only because it reminded me that that is an amazing name for a turtle. And if I ever get a pet turtle, it will be named mm-hmm. Mr. Pokeloves. Good stuff. Um, so, so that's... We've been very positive, shot, Craig. But pos- we have been positive. I think the positivity, as you say, with several of Double Fine and Tim's games, the positivity stems from the story from the look of it which we haven't mentioned we can go into that so we'll go into that after we go through the negatives um but it does fall apart quite significantly <laughs> in several places <laughs> now see i don't think it falls apart in the way that most people when i was reading their complaints it fell apart like oh, I, haven't, I haven't read any complaints what was it, the general consensus what was a what was the typical consensus- complaint 
when was the arrowheads are a problem, which I can okay. sort of agree with. Like I can see that a little bit if you're somebody who just wants to blitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, another complaint was the platforming. Mm-hmm. Now, how uh, do you mm-hmm. feel about the platforming? I I don't think the platforming. There's certain areas where it's a bit tricky. But it's the same kind of trickiness that I experience with a 3D Mario or something that's infinitely well more better or received is, for example, you have to walk up a corkscrewed tree. Yeah. And it's that kind of thing specifically that I I find tricky. But I think the platforming itself, you've got double jump, you can levitate jump to bounce even further. Um, Raz comes from a family of circus acrobats so he's got plenty of acrobatic I love that that's explained like that he's got plenty of acrobatic (laughs) skills I don't think it's that bad there's only a few actual platforming challenges and I think the main one that is tricky is towards the end where you have a platforming gauntlet water is rising and you've got to basically sprint yeah that's that's a doozy isn't it yeah because it mixes platforming with an escort mission with trying to save the kid getting beat up and you can hear him from no matter where going ow my face ow <laughs> stop hitting no, me Mr. And, Bond. and some of them are a wee bit some of the the tricky puzzle bits of that are a wee bit up flaky around the now edges see, the one where you have to jump and get the guy to throw the sword oh the spinning yeah that's, wheel. that's tricky yeah my but problem, over- all of them stemmed from, platforming-wise, all of them stemmed from the acrobatic uh, gauntlet. And most of the time, it's because something mechanical failed to catch. Like, I didn't catch a ledge, or for some reason, I got shot off to the side, or, you know, you, you do, like, that sideways, just move like a puppet off to the side, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, um... Throughout the whole game, there was not a problem that a double jump or a levitate jump couldn't fix for me. No. I actually think a lot of it is built towards you have you maybe have to go up. You're in one of the levels, you're inside a board game where Napoleon Bonaparte is challenged by his cousin or his brother, Fred Bonaparte, who's a, a bit of a wimp and you're helping Fred out. And you have to get on top of a thing to get on top of another thing to crawl across a uh, to run across a trapeze or, or a rope, whatever that's called in circus terms. A tightrope. And a tightrope. And I just got over this whole thing by levitate jumping past half of it. Yeah, yeah, you need <laughs> to like... levitate jump and then you do that little yeah. glide down and you don't really yeah. need to engage with the platform. The you, only other really thing was the um the tower. When you're doing actually that final climb up the tower, oh, there were a lot of times where, you, yeah, where you jump towards a grate and it you wouldn't catch mm-hmm. or things like that. But all in all, I'd say I lost maybe seven lives the entire game. Yeah, it wasn't which too is bad. Um, dying in the game as well. It's handled quite um, elegantly. The the hub world has a lab inside the lab. You can quick travel to anyone's brain that you've been to and dying oh, inside that. someone's brain that's that you know that walkway that's got all the glowing doors oh you're right yeah you you hit it close to the beginning of the game and i never saw it again afterwards it, that i completely exactly. forgot about it if you game over and it's not like the matrix and you die if you game over you're just kicked back into that hub 
section and you can go straight back into the world and quick travel back to where you were with I think it starts you with seven lives or eight lives. Yeah, it's very generous. Very, very. Um, I died. I, I game overed right at the very <gasps> end with the butcher chasing you. Ah. Who, uh, by the way, sounds suspiciously like Tim Curry. But it's not Tim Curry. It's not Tim Curry. And Tim Curry's face would fit with the look of this game, which is very Tim Burton. <laughs> Tim Curry's face is like a Psychonauts level. That's a great, <laughs> great thing. Um... Uh, oh, what about the camera? Did you have a problem with the camera at all? Because that's another common complaint is the camera is wonky. Uh, a couple of times, as I mentioned it before, a couple of times I found it clipping inside the environment rather than yeah. wrapping around it. Uh, so that was a bit of an issue. Other than that, not particularly. There are a few fixed angle, you know, like Resident Evil style things when you're inside a house and you can only see from the corner of the room. I don't think it's a problem. I personally find that a bit disorientating at times, but it's not that big a deal. Um, no, no, actually, I didn't have too much of a problem either. Nah. Um, it's funny that those are the complaints, because my main complaint... My my main complaint, if we look at the gauntlet as being the nail in the coffin of platforming, I think the levels just get a wee bit weaker as the game goes on. I think it peaks at the milkman, and it becomes a wee oh. bit like, okay, that... Really? And then it kind of, yeah. I wasn't okay. a fan of Napoleon Bonaparte's level. Um, let's go over the levels really quick. You can give a nice, uh, quick, like, two-sentence synopsis for each level. Okay, okay. So you've got Coach Oleander's level, which is basic basic training, boot camp. Um, I think it's called basic braining. Basic braining, which is very good. If it's not called that, it should have been called that, and I want a job with Double Fine. Um <laughs> Which is your basic boot camp. You then have Sasha's um, brain. Let's say advanced training, I guess. Would, or yeah, braining, I'm sorry. Uh, I know. You've got a, a disco party, which is oh, yep. kind of like... That's kind of your levitate tutorial. It is. It is actually your levitate t- tutorial. Um, you've then got Lungfishopolis. I looked, I looked up a list for that one because I couldn't remember what it was. Lungfish Opolis, in which the enemy of the game has taken over the brain of a lungfish underwater. Raz is deathly afraid of the water, but he braves it to go and free the lungfish from um, from the control of the enemy. And the lungfish level, I want to pause on this one. You throw your wee gateway to the lungfish's brain, you go into the brain, and it's this city, but you're a giant, you're Gigantor, or Gigantosaurus, or something like that. Goggler, isn't it? Goggler, yeah, it's Goggler, you're right, because you're in goggles. And you are, this is also where you find out who the main bad guy is, but you're also this big thing, and people are screaming and running away from you, and you're trying to kind of like not step on things, because you're their saviour, yet you're ruining everything, and the amount of running commentary you get from these fish is just, <laughs> it's hilarious. Alright, alright, right, let's brilliant. camp out on Lungfishopolis for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, what Leading up to it, that kind of, you have to stay in this bubble as the bubble's moving and you have to platform, yep. that was a little bit annoying. I, I wasn't all, really a fan annoying, of that. Yeah. Lungfishopolis, however, is the best level in this game, hands down. Yeah, it is. Even just for when you free resistance fighters, what they say is amazing. 
Like, this was the level that had me chuckling the most. You have those fake newscasts that talk about you. Uh-huh. This was... This level alone is worth playing the game for me because I really liked this level. It's good. Um, right up until the, the end boss fight where you're fighting some sort of fly, but it's clearly Coach Oleander in tinfoil or something. It's got his voice. It, every time you say Coach Oleander, no, I'm not Coach Oleander. <laughs> it's, it's really clearly, obviously, Coach Oleander. The I like the level. over dramatic way of saying what attack he's going to use next. It's very <laughs> yes. good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the best kind of... Oh, what's that word? What's the word when you, you show in advance of what the move you're going to do? Telegraphing. Telegraph. It's, this it's is one of the better of Godzilla games I've ever played as well. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's very good. Um, so Lungfishopolis. If, look, if you're listening, you've missed out because it's absolutely cracking. Ace. Yeah. It is. Um, so let's let's go on to the next one, the Milkman Conspiracy, which I think is pretty strong and you think is pretty weak. So we can probably stop here for a wee second. All right, sure. Um, the Milkman Conspiracy is you. there's a Milkman on a rampage and you have to get into his brain to get him out of his funk that he's in. He, he's clearly he's got P- PTSD or something like that, it looks like. You go into his brain and you find yourself in this topsy-turvy, curvy world where there's lots of quite clearly, obviously, CIA agents. No, they're road workers, Craig. This is my sign. road workers. Yes, this is my sign. There are telegraph repairmen. There are photographers. There's lots and lots and lots of these clearly CIA agents. There's cameras pointing out at cars and everything. This is a conspiracy town. And the whole point in this, you can. This is where you can most have the most fun with how people perceive what they see. Because if you go into the brain of the road worker and you look back at Raz, he looks like Raz. But as soon as you pick up a road sign, you're a road <laughs> worker. So Raz can pick up a road sign, enter the area that's marked. It's clearly delineated where the area is, and Raz starts saying things like, "I am a road worker. This is my sign." While you're platforming your way through. And it's it. The reason that I find think it's quite strong is I think it's just a clever use of the the in game kind of side side of the story. It's just something a bit different, I suppose. And I know people. It, have it played is other very games. different. It's very different. It reminds me actually. Um, what does it remind me of? I don't know what it reminds me of. Something to do with hats. Can't remember. Something to do with hats. Yeah, not Mario it's not Odyssey. Hat and time. What happens in Mario Odyssey with the hats? Have you played That's it? what the game's all about. It's all hat. about hats? Yeah. Why didn't they call it Mario Hattery or something? Anyway, anyway, I haven't played Super it Super Mario Haberdashery? <laughs> yes. Um, the whole thing's focused on the JFK assassination, or, or their version of the JFK assassination. You have to get a book to, po- to a book depository and stop this from happening, and you eventually... Which is great. Rather, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. You end up once you beat the boss. There's a little girl who actually commits suicide. It's quite <laughs> harrowing in the grand scheme of things. And then you rescue the milkman. The boss is a pretty weak boss. It's a spider lady who jumps from point to point, and you just have to hit her. It's that kind of thing. Well, to be fair, I think you're you're going short shrift on the boss there because it has that interesting thing of 
once you're halfway through, uh, you see through the boss's eyes. Yeah. That's very uh, Which true. is weird. It's very weird. It's very weird. You see through... The, you've, you've trained up to this point. You've looked through the road worker's eyes to see yourself. So by the time you get to this point, you know how to do it. You're looking through her eyes because she's turned all the lights off. And then you've got to hit her. Um, An interesting boss, yeah, at least. Oh, oh, yeah. Overall, I think it's quite strong. And then, sorry, at the very end, when the milkman is saved and he floats up all godlike. <laughs> it's just the light shining down and everything. It's just bizarre. It's bunker nuts. I love it. On you okay. go, Dave. Have at it. So, the number one reason is because I am a grieving widow. And, <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> um, but I think this is where Tim Schafer's, uh, let's say, instinct to, even though it's a platformer, try to make it as adventure gamey as possible really starts to buck heads with it being an actual platformer because there is an inordinate amount of going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth in this level. And I think once you, you know, okay, you got the road sign, you go get the sniper rifle. Oh, you got to go back, talk to the telephone guys. Once you've actually finished this level, all of the charm that it has had kind of wore off because you've been going back and forth so much. All the funny lines aren't really funny anymore. It's just kind of wore out. And it was kind of this point and the next level, I believe, is is where there's too much adventure gamey bits for a platformer. I can see like, that. I can see that. And and those very reasons are why I hate the next level. I mean, it's like world for world. I absolutely hate the next level. Is it the level I'm thinking of? Like I, I um, think that's the next level with the you have to do the different things with the scenery and a theater. Oh, the stage play. Yeah, that. Thing. Yeah. I'll take a meat circus over that. That can rot in hell. Yeah. So the next level. Sorry. Did you? Do you? Do you no, that's you okay pretty much my one? problem with the. I yeah. mean, overall, I, it's a very charming, very funny level, mm-hmm. but it wears out welcome because they want things to be puzzles. Yeah, I I see that. I I, I do I do appreciate that. I can overlook it because sometimes puzzles nice. Well, that's wrong. also just your jam. It's just me, yeah. But in saying that, nice segue, the next level, which is very puzzle-focused, it's in a very small space, a theatre with a backstage and an area to run about in called a theatre because it's a theatre and a stage. Bloody hell. I hate it. I hate it with passion. So the point of this level, we're going into the levels a wee bit more detail than um, what we did, but these are the kind of key ones, the key moments. So we've had the best level... The one I loved that you hated, and I didn't hate. Now, I think it's one of the weakest levels. Oh well, like one yeah, of the, one of the weakest ones. This one, you have to drop in certain backgrounds and change the mood of the theatre to get a certain way, just so that you can climb up and collect stuff that the director keeps on asking you for, and it's it's like a fetch hell. Go and get this script, and you run, and you have to do this, and it's. Not very it's well also telegraphed. Very how trial and errory. Yeah, you you drop one thing and and then you go and try and you can't get to where you need to go to, so you have to return to the controls and change it again. I'm not a fan, Dave. That's I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not a fan of this one at all. <laughs> no, and and you know, there's this weird thing, right? Where I'll notice this in movies or books or games. Whenever you add a critic to something as a character. I always wonder how much that is a dig at somebody personal for you. 
Yeah. It's like, is, is this is this you getting back at a certain critic, Mr. Schaefer? I don't know. But, yeah, like, I didn't like the villain. I didn't think the Phantom storyline was that interesting. The boss fight was kind of annoying. Yeah. The boss... Yeah, the boss fight's very annoying. Any boss fight where you have to, like, remove yourself from where the boss is to just shoot it is a wee bit... I didn't yeah, like it. Well, and then you gotta you gotta float back up while he's shooting mm-hmm. you, and it's kind of hard to tell where everything. Yeah, this level is not the worst, but it's very close to, to mm-hmm. first place for me. Yeah, off the stock levels. Yeah, um, moving on from here, uh, we've got the aforementioned Waterloo world. That's with Napoleon and Fred Bonaparte. Um, nothing. I've got nothing to say on this one. It's kind of really in my books. Yeah. Now, see, I, mean, I think this is where the level itself is good. The surrounding stuff, I could take or leave. Like, I didn't find Fred or Napoleon funny or anything. It was just kind of, oh, okay, there they The world, however, I absolutely loved. Because, Craig, I used to, like, do miniature wargaming and stuff. Oh, did um, you? Oh, this is totally, this is up your street. Oh, yeah, yeah. Th- this was a lot of fun, especially when you're talking to the individual pieces and how you have to use telekinesis to actually move them to the correct spot. I think this level, it, some of it falls down because of mechanics, just because, again, mm-hmm. you're running from here to there to here to there to here. To, it, yeah, some of it falls down, but I think this would be my favorite level in terms of the level charm itself, you know? Not because of characters mm-hmm. or anything. It's just, oh, I like this. This is a really cool idea. Okay. Fair enough. Next, we have um, a level this, from hell. Uh, yeah, so the next level is uh, it's kind of like a dark. Um, t- I was going to say Tim Schafery, but I'm not. It's the wrong Tim Burtony <laughs> running uh, of the bull. Oh, have you ever seen these, Craig? Out of curiosity, they're have black seen, velvet paintings. Is that a person or a style? Or no, no it, it's it's a style. It's um. I can't. I don't know if it has anything to do with Mexican uh, culture or not. But yeah, black okay. velvet paintings are a thing where like the whole canvas is black, but everything is kind of drawn with a neon color kind of thing. Uh, it's not a very good level, I would say. No, it's and I think it's annoying. all because of the bull. Yeah. Like, um, okay, so if you don't know... You're in, think kind of a a round city square. I know I just said round square, but I think you know what I mean. <laughs> like it's kind of a cul-de-sac. Yes. Right? And a bull is consistently patrolling around the streets. Now you kind of need to run into little alleyways to avoid it as you're making your way up the street. But the problem being, you can't jump over the bull. You can't do anything to avoid the bull. Even if you are a good five feet above the bull you will get caught by the bull and it will send you back to the beginning or um, I don't think it's always the beginning. I think it depends on how far you've made it into the level where it dumps you out. Yeah. I think it's the last bit. The it last safe the last area. You, yeah. The last safe area. That's, but I, I you. found the geometry in this just confused me. Oh, the, it's it's not the best. The way the way to get round it is obviously like up a ladder, round over balconies. It, all of it just feels a wee bit disjointed, but not in a good way. It looks like it should be disjointed, but it doesn't work for what you're trying to do. It looks and... like it fit into Grim Fandango as well. Yeah. Um. I mean, it has a really cool mechanic of you buy these paintings with your arrowheads, 
and there are just nails in certain mm-hmm. places. And depending on what you hang up on those nails, the paintings will transform into that item. So say it's a picture of a Mexican guitar, right? So you slap the painting down and the guitar grows and you climb up the strings and you can get onto yeah. a balcony or did it's you, a window. Did you use yeah. a rose? I did not use the rose. You hang up the rose, you get a rose, and then you can run up the street instead of doing platforming. Give it to one of the women in the windows and they'll open it so you can hide from the bull. It creates a little oh, kind of bit well, for you to hide in. that some problem. I mean, you can get by it without using it, but it's a wee kind of hack. It was frustrating. At 20, at 20 arrowheads a pop, it's not really that worth it. Well, I mean, um, uh, do you need the window one, correct? To actually finish no, the you can. You can get round it without the window one. Um, you just wait until the bull runs through the tunnel and then just sprint oh, for it. Oh, okay. And now this boss, or should I say bosses, I mm-hmm. think are the worst bosses in the game. They're one, some of the worst bosses in any game. <laughs> I don't know. We've played some doozies on this show, Craig. We have. I, I might take that back, but you get um, three different abilityed Mexican wrestlers. Lucha Libres, dog. Lucha Lucha Libres, Libres, yeah. It's the opposite of Guacamelee. You're you're on the receiving end of the melee. Um, And the first one kind of runs at you and tries to slide. Essentially, I beat the standard ones by going invisible and then just hitting them and then going invisible and hitting them. That's about what I did. I did the hit, run away, hit, run away. Yeah. Um, It's just kind of annoying. The last one, however... I got to before I got the ability that I needed. Oh. And so I spent yeah. a good, like, five minutes running around the ring trying to figure out what I can do to damage them. Yeah. And I finally um, ended up having to Google it. Uh, so the last one needs your last Psy ability, which is Confusion. Which isn't really a... It's a grenade. It's a physical item as opposed to a psychic ability. Um, but you throw a grenade down it creates a confusion cloud which then confuses the enemy or anyone it sets you up for how to beat the bull oh yeah that that is that is a good point although I didn't use it on the bull oh, oh I, I, I very used it on the I, very I, I guess the, used this area the has what let's see the three Lucha Libres the bull then the Matador yeah it's got five bosses yeah. in it yeah um, um, it's still what not do as you bad think as the last the... level anyway the boss, the, the the bull in the lucha libre thing. I had I had a lot of trouble getting the telekinesis to actually target the matador. Yeah, it took it took a couple of tries, but in the the confusion grenade really helps because it pauses them in place for quite a significant amount of time. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't. I didn't have any problems where I had to try it twice. It was just kind of a fiddly mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. Oh, uh, it's. It's one of these examples of using your psychic ability instead of using it on the environment, using it on a moving object, using it on a character model. Yeah. Is it just a bit tricky? I, I'll agree. Yeah. Um, after this, we have got, he says, having closed the list. Stretch <clears> it out <throat> a little more. We have got the asylum, which is a tower climbing section with rats that come after you quite annoying well, those rats are from hell yeah they really are uh, I just went invisible for the most part and then got to <sighs> safe area until my invisibility recharged I actually um, glitched through a bit of the wall and ended up getting significantly further on quicker than what I should have <laughs> good man um, at the top of the tower we meet Mr. Pokelopes the turtle oh, 
our god, our king. Just, he, he is, and he, with the help of a psychic tank, gets his brain put in a tank, shoots one of the main bad guys, uh, the doctor, which I can't remember his name, off of the building, and you've got a tank boss. So then, after that, unless you want to talk about that, do you want to talk about No, that? no, that was all kind no, of standard. I mean, other than like standard. the comedic dialogue that went on. Yeah. It was pretty standard. Don't worry, baby. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> um, after that, we have, as we have mentioned so many times now, and every time I mention Psychonauts in the past two years, I don't want to do the meat circus, and an American accent would come from Dave. No more meat circus. The meat I circus. I don't want is to do a meat circus. That's what I sound like, an, right? It's exactly what you sound like. It's great. Thank you. It's an acrobatic gauntlet. Not just. From hell. If you from were hell. playing as most other game characters, this might be fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were playing, say, as Ratchet uh, while you were doing the rail grinding, that would be yep. a fun time. But it's not mm-hmm. because you're playing as Ras. Sadly. You you just reminded me. I game overed. I lost seven lives on that rail because <laughs> I kept on sticking on a bit of it. And uh, I would was jump it after the and doors open? After you go yeah, through the doors? The, after you go through the doors, there's a section where you have to jump twice in quick succession. Yeah, it, it yeah, that was a bit of murder for me too, man. Mm-hmm. I, I lost like five, six lives going through that sucker. Yeah. Um I, and then um, yeah, well, it brings up something I wanted to ask you. Uh, hold on, I gotta move my mic arm. There we go. Um, it was more pronounced on like the rail sections, but did it seem like there was like a millisecond or two delay on when you hit the button yeah. and when he jumped? I I took it to be uh, being on the rails. I just thought it was some sort of input lag that probably shouldn't be there but it was an artifact of rail riding because rail riding apart from in Wii sections hasn't really featured in the whole it's not like Ratchet where every level has rails that you can go to secret areas and everything and they're the rails fun. aren't they're, they aren't <laughs> a prominent feature of the game and then all of a sudden you're rail riding for quite a significant amount no, of time no I think the last time you rail ride before the meat circus I think it's the milkman level on the telephone oh, wires yeah, and and there you're just jumping over a a regularly intervaled lump. Yeah, to jump, yeah. jump over it is. Hmm. Anyway, um, and then climbing up the 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 gauntlet is is it a gauntlet? An acrobatic gauntlet. It's just hell. There's loads of wee bits where you can go wrong. You can miss a bar. You fall off a thing. Something hits you when it shouldn't have. Um, I found something. a lot of trouble with the dodging stuff that probably shouldn't have hit me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will say that at least it's nice enough to where if you make it to a certain platform and then fall, it doesn't take away a life. It yeah. plants you back up on that platform, but by that point, the kid's probably almost dead. Yeah, I, honestly, if it put you back at the start every time, I wouldn't have finished the game. I would have. My teeth would have been uh, ground to a fine white powder when I would have you, finished it. I know you would have. I know you would have for the simple reason that as I was doing it, I had that thought. I thought I wouldn't do it. And then I thought Dave would do it because Dave dodged 200 lightning bolts in Final <laughs> Fantasy. If Dave can dodge 200 lightning bolts, he's going to be able to do anything. Um, this, this I had to put the joystick down. And this is one of the few games that 
ever made me stop because I was frustrated. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the bad kind of frustrated. It's not a Dark Souls frustrated where you can't just get a boss and you keep making mistakes. Or, you know, it's not a Mario thing where, oh, crap, I went left. I should have went. It's it's yeah. a, the game is broke. Uh huh. I need to take a break. It's, it's not me. It's you, game. It's you. Yeah. And the yeah. idea is sound. Like, like, the idea is fun. If you had to do this in any other game, this exact level would be... Like, if you had to do this in, say, a Rayman 3D platformer, this would mm-hmm. be fun. I think it's just they stretched too far with yeah. this specific engine. I wouldn't... I will say that I don't think the Meat Circus is as bad as I thought it was. Like, as bad as I remembered it was. Um, I will agree with that, actually. You know, I built myself up for it being the worst thing in the world, and it isn't the worst thing. There are worse things, but... It's not even Dizzy and the Yoke Folk worst thing ever. It's No, it's not. It's what it is. It's a bad level in a platformer that with enough, you know, determination, you'll make it through. You'll you'll make it through. I think um, my main problem with it my, genuinely my main problem with it is you'll have had such a blast getting to this point that it kind of mars an otherwise excellent to average game <laughs> at points you know what I mean It's it ends it on a bum note well see I'll disagree with you a little bit because I think this is what the game should have been all throughout I don't mean like, you know, a whole game of just the meat circus. I mean, mm-hmm. here they don't rely on item fetches or item exchanges or going back and forth to different places. They're relying on a platforming. It's pure challenge, platforming. Yeah. Which is at its heart that's what the game should have been, I guess. Mm, I don't know for me, because it, for me it sticks out the opposite way. It's it's a platform, it's a puzzler set in a platforming world. It's a puzzle set in a 3D platformer, I should say. This is the one that sticks out as being not a puzzle. Okay, I I can see. I mean, we both come from two very different vantage points on this. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Which leads to an interesting question for you, sir. Mm -hmm. What about having point and clicks like this? Like, would a adventure game that has all the conventions of an adventure game just in a 3D world like this would that work for you? Um, it has worked in the past. On what? Because nothing's coming to mind for me. Uh, the last Monkey Island was a 3D... I suppose oh, it wasn't uh, a platformer. Tales of? No, 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 no. Um, what do you call it? Escape from Monkey Island. The Telltale ones? I no, thought they were the last ones. No, before the Telltale ones, there was Escape from Monkey Island. It's the fourth oh, one, okay. so the cut... The Curse is the beautiful 3D drawn one. The Escape from Monkey Island is a 3D world where you have tank oh. controls or point and click to get somewhere. I only played it, what, now 18 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> only 18 years ago. And I remember it's very jarring because it is very much a point and click adventure inside the 3D world there are there's no platforming don't get me wrong there's no platforming to it it's pure 3D world I did it with a keyboard and mouse <laughs> type stuff <laughs> because the, um, the only I, one I could think of was Grim Fandango but no platforming again 
Yeah, you're right. You're you're very right. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's what were you sorry for, you dingus? Um, but so does that work for you? If, yeah. Say you. I mean that works. Okay. I'm a fan of Grim Fandango. I'm a fan of tank controls. I played tank controls when I got the remaster. It was the first thing I did was go on Resident Evil. Switch on tank controls. Tank controls are ace. Um, In fact, the the trophy for Grim Fandango for tank controls is Tim Safer Shane, you played it right. Or something like that. (laughs) That's pretty Playing it the way it should have been played. So then... Because I don't know... You haven't played any of the Siberia games, right? No, 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 not nothing like that. Okay, because because for me, my in my brain, that doesn't click as adventure game the same way you know a, a side two D adventure game does. And I didn't know if it worked for you in the same. So if you took all the and this, I would argue, would probably make the game a little better. If you took out all the platforming in this, it would have made a hell of an adventure game. Yeah, yeah, it would. It'd be nice, but it is what it is, and I think. For the most part, it merges the two sides quite well. I do. I, I going level by level, like the um, the stage level. I think it went mm-hmm. too far in one direction. Okay. Most yeah. of the yeah. other levels, I would kind of agree with you on. Mm-hmm. It it did a fine a double fine job apart from a stage level. A double fine job, aren't you yeah. clever? Really, really shooting for that job at double fine, aren't you, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so one thing I do want to mention before we get to final thoughts on Psychonauts itself is I love this voice cast. Absolutely mm-hmm. love it. Uh, Richard 100%. Horvitz, who does Raz, does an amazing job. That dude has like one of the weirdest voices I've ever heard, and it works spectacular for this game. Um, Coach Oleander is an absolute highlight as well. Oh, oh, all of the like side players, or I guess NPCs, they're all voice like even uh was it billy or bobby or the really bucktooth kid with the afro oh yeah 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 i mean all the lines here are delivered perfect and this is during an age where that really wasn't a thing in games yet and i wonder if that's like kind of an adventure game thing where adventure games had better voice acting before like platformers did oh adventure games very much did i think voice acting as a whole for adventure games became so huge with things like Full Throttle, the first fully voice cast one. Um, Day of the Tentacle got it like the year after release. They released the CD-ROM version and it, the voice acting had such a, an impact and a change in the game, the way you play the game, the way you interact with it. The voice acting was huge from the start, absolutely huge. And Full Throttle had Mark Hamill in on it. it and really? that's like, yeah, Mark Hamill was Lim- Limburger, the big baddie i haven't played full throttle in probably almost 20 years now that was mark hamill very Um, good and from from the start so i think voice acting on the whole and because of the short span as we mentioned a couple of weeks back because of the short span of point and click being relevant i suppose it was point and click point and click point and click with voice acting oh my god this is amazing and it's ended (laughs) I yeah I I remember the first time I saw Gabriel Knight and it was real people Craig real Mm -hmm. people yeah blew my mind just out of the water just boom but okay so final thoughts on this Craig final thoughts yeah um, overall it's one of those ones where I'm 
flipping thrilled. I played it again. It's it's been an absolute blast. The meat circus was hell, but I got through it. I will play this again. I'm sure I'll play it again. The kids absolutely loved watching it. Oh, that's the good. brains and jars, everything. It's a charm to it that a Tim Schafer double fine game does, where it has flaws, but I see past it. And it's not in a fanboy. Oh, Tim, I love you. Way it's in a there's genuine charm and brilliant writing there that I think deserves revisited and celebrated and I think it's a really important game in the grand scheme of things for me personally but I think in the wider scheme I think it's just it's just a wonderful wee game flaws and all, warts and all I think the phrase is yeah, um, so now we have a bit of a problem, though, Craig, because you said you loved Ron Gilbert, but now you don't love Tim Schafer? No. That's not cool. No, I'm not saying I don't love... What? You just said not in a fanboy, I love Tim Schafer kind of way. No, but I, I, I am a fanboy and I do love Tim Schafer, but I'm saying that from the point of view of I'm not just saying that because I'm a fanboy and I love Tim oh, Schafer. Oh, okay. I thought I'm maybe saying you it... love dwindled a little. I was like, No, no, no. Man. I'm saying it very much... Not just I'm what the point I'm trying to make is I'm not just saying it because it's him, I'm saying it because it deserves it, and now I wanted see, to make that clear. I am saying it because it is him. Tim Schafer is what makes this game worth playing. It's not the mechanics because the mechanics are average par at best. They they work. They're functional. Mm, they're good. If this didn't have a Tim Schafer script and let's say, imagination when it comes to level design and things like that, this would not be a game worth playing. It's, and to be fair, I know I'm attributing all of this to Tim Schafer. I'm sure he's got an incredibly talented team of people with him. But, you know, he's kind of the figurehead that you put all this on. If it didn't have that, this would not be a game worth playing. So for me, uh, it is because I like Tim Schafer that I will play this game. Probably again, I mean, it's going to be probably another, you know, eight, nine years when I forget, oh, hey, what did I think of Psychonauts? But going through it again now, which was pretty much a fresh playthrough considering what I remembered, like I remembered very few things from my last playthrough. It was fun. I think what detracts from this, like the arrowhead farming or the meat circus, and all, I think a lot of that stuff is stuff you can get through with mild irritation. And I think in the end, it's totally worth it. The voice cast, the script, just the humorous situations and the imagination really make this something you should check out. Even if it's just on YouTube, you don't feel like playing through the game. Check it out on YouTube because it's worth it. Especially Lungfishopolis. Oh, especially Lungfishopolis. It's with their, been a their highlight. Glorious leader. 2018, because we're playing this in 2018, people, just for full transparency, oh, has been... Geez. A monumental year of gaming, but oh, Lungfishopolis, massive. as a standalone level, is up there <laughs> in <laughs> the entire year's worth of things that I've done this year. Lungfishopolis and playing through that, I had my face in pain from cheese grinning so much. If they sold it for two ninety nine on the PlayStation Store, I would buy it just to play. You know, the mm-hmm. Lungfishopolis as a level. That's it. Yeah, but it's funny because they did have it on sale for three pounds on the PlayStation Store. And oh no, I meant just Lungfishopolis. Oh, just Lungfishopolis. Just Lungfishopolis. I actually, I would you know play what? It. Yeah, yeah. Now you went yes. the extra distance, and I couldn't because I feel like hot garbage. Mm-hmm. You played Rhombus of Ruin. 
I did, I did, and you have forewarned me that questions will be afoot. Oh, questions! Do you want me will to give a brief, afoot. a brief yes, overview please. to see if any are addressed? So, um, the end of Psychonauts sees you and the psych. You get your Psychonauts badge. It says you and the Psychonauts off to save Lily's dad, your girlfriend in the game's dad. His name escapes me, but he is the head Psychonaut. Now, the the story for this game was actually. It was already known that Psychonauts 2 would begin after you rescued him. So this is kind of like a wee snippet of the story that didn't make the cut for the first game. It wasn't making the cut for Psychonauts 2 and instead has been reimagined into a VR game. You So anyway, we'll start. You take off from the plane in the cutscene and the plane takes off in Psychonauts. Psychonauts rhombus a ruin starts on the plane. It's It's... Instantaneous, and it feels instantaneous when you play the two games together. It's actually quite a nice feeling. And you're Raz in first person, and you're sitting on a seat, and you can look about in VR, and you can poke things with your button and stuff. It's all very, very cute. Um, just an initial impressions on the VR. It's as usual, responsive and lovely, but they really have captured that art style from the first game, and. Um, Mia walks over to you and you look up and she's like oh don't worry darling, everything is going to be okay and you're just looking at it going this is actually flipping amazing it's <laughs> sharp that the art style works for the limitations of the resolution in the VR you know sometimes you can feel a wee bit of graininess to things yeah. or a wee bit of bloodiness there, it works a treat um, and the whole game is you're flying through the air you crash land in the rhombus of ruin, which is essentially this world's, uh, uh, what do you call the triangle? Bermuda Triangle. It's the oh, okay. rhombus. It's the rhombus of ruin. So you fly over the rhombus of ruin and crash, and you wake up strapped to a chair. You then have to use your side projection. Oh, it's projection, Dave. That's the name oh, of that power. Oh, there we go. And you have to look through person to person to person to person and you play the whole game from the viewpoint of other people solving environmental puzzles and eventually get back to yourself and escape it's really cool (laughs) you're underwater there's fish, you go into the bodies of fish and stuff and float about the place you're still, the whole time there's there's no movement in the game you're in a fixed position at each time and you have to look about and use your psi abilities to solve a puzzle before you move on. Okay, so well, that's what I was going to ask you. I'm well, curious about what the gameplay was like. Mm-hmm. Have you played I Expect You to Die at all? Jeez, I'm sorry, Craig. I mean, oh, I know, I'm sorry. More friends. Uh, no, uh, no, no, I haven't. It plays like a, a more story-driven I Expect You to Die. It's I Expect You to Die is the James Bond one. You're strapped to a chair. And oh, you have to get okay, yeah. you have to get out of a puzzle. It's an environmental puzzle. Rhombus of Ruin is is almost identical in feel to that. You are inside the body of someone, and you have to adjust valves to make all the levels align so that you can transfer yourself to another body. And okay, so it's there's no movement, none of that nonsense. No. It's you no. inhabit a you, body, wait for the proper time. Yep, that's it. Okay, all right. Well, that worked because I was curious about how they were going to do Psychonauts. So what do you think of this? I mean, do you think it's... Um, it's, it's fantastically charming. It's very funny and very well written. It's got the same, those same qualities that are in the first game. Things like Psy Blast looking somewhere. 
and just pressing the trigger and having a blast come out of your head to where you're looking is brilliant. Oh, when you're on cool. the when you're on the plane, you can side blast the toilet door and it opens up and Oleander's on the bog. <laughs> and as part of the tutorial, he's then like, "Actually, can you pass me some toilet paper?" And you have to use telekinesis to give him some toilet paper from a cupboard. It's it's hilarious. Um, it in terms of the game itself, it's incredibly simple. There's because you're in one position and you've only got your side powers, there's not a lot of puzzle there. It's fairly obvious you need to put that thing there. And I mean, Amelie played through the whole thing by herself in an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, okay. I, it took me about an hour 10 to do it. And if after a couple... This is what got Amelie through it, to be fair. After a couple of attempts at a puzzle, and, and I don't want to use the word annoyingly, but to contradict any puzzliness to the whole game, Raz says... I wonder what would happen if I put this thing there, which is the solution to the puzzle, but it does it incredibly early in terms of time you spend trying to solve the puzzle. You could only be at it for 30 seconds, and he's like, uh, I wonder what happens if I put the hay in that machine. All so right, okay. it's almost like the puzzles aren't the focus of it. Yeah, it's, it's more experiencing it's most, it. It's the experience, it's the story, it's, it's the journey of the gang from... Psychonauts 1 to Psychonauts 2. Does it end on a cliffhanger? Um, it does. It ends on a cliffhanger because you know the mad scientist from the first game, you, he's the, the main enemy here. He's captured you and he's wanting your brain for this, that, the other. And you manage to get inside his brain and it results in a the only real boss battle of the whole game in which he can't die and you just need to throw things at him. Uh, I'm saying that in a kind of flippant way. It's there's no boss battle. There's no boss battle really. As there's no puzzling, there's no fighting yeah. to be done. It's all just being driven by a couple of button presses. What? Well, that's I've, I've when I put on the VR headset, I I kind of I don't want to say lower my expectations, but I expect something different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it is so very much. I don't much necessarily in, view that as bad. Yeah, it's in that experience kind of place. It's. And it ends with the, you unlocking the Doctor in some mad way, so you think you've saved him. It, it, actually, this scene, and it's the only scene in the whole bit of the game I will explain in any great detail, but you throw that wee door from the first game into the back of the Doctor's head mm-hmm. and go in, and you then experience why he's like the way he is, and it's his childhood, and it's a doll's house, and you look through the window and you portal yourself into him as a child hiding in a cupboard, and his mum and dad come in, but it's done in an animation in a style of, you know, like a stuffed, knitted doll stuffed with some wool, with button eyes and oh, yeah. kind of pinched yeah, like stocking the dolls. joint. Yeah, the, the the joints are just pinched bits of wool and stuff like that, and it's just it's done in a stop motion kind of way, but where every third frame is missing, so it's quite aggressive animation and it is terrifying and it works so well in that VR environment you're in a cupboard peeking in and I could feel the tension building and it's it's cartoony and enjoyable the kids were laughing along with it but I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god this is actually quite (laughs) scary because these dolls are shouting and screaming at each other and in such a kind of weird way it just works a treat 
abs a a wee wee blast with it. It's worth what I got it in the sale for four pound thirty nine or some ridiculous cost like that. Um, well worth a wee playthrough, and it's got has, my appetite whetted. I was just going to ask that. So this okay. has you excited for Psychonauts too? Yeah, and now that I know that it's coming out this year because this is twenty nineteen, Dave. Of course, <laughs> it's. I, I can't wait, and I'm I'm incredibly excited for it. I I had a wee blast with it, and again, I'm happy I played the first one, and then this. It's it's been a wee treat. It's been a it great has weekend. Been a treat. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, thank you for playing it with me. Oh, that's absolutely fine. I'm glad I I replayed it. Um, th- this has gone up in my estimation. Cool. As that's nice it to was hear. a little bit lower before, yeah. So, again, don't rely on your memories, people. They'll just lie to you. Mm-hmm. Very much. So, so, on that note, what's next on the cards? Well, I think that we could all use a little sin and punishment in these trying times. So, mm. next I'm going to choose sin and punishment. Now, what I'm not going to choose is, Craig, <laughs> do you have a preference to... Like, what would be easier for you, the Wii or the N64? Uh, N64. Well, then we shall play Sin and Punishment for the N64, not Star Successor. If you play Star Successor, you're wrong. Absolutely. Thought you were going to go along the lines of, we need some Sin and Punishment, so we are going to play Sensible Soccer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would never ask these wonderful people to play Sensible World of Soccer, ever. Uh I, I will ask them to play FIFA weekend. Street, maybe uh, some FIFA Sega Soccer Street. Slam, mm-hmm. Mega Man Soccer, but never Sensible World of Soccer. Uh, anyway. Um, so, yes, if you have any thoughts about Sin and Punishment, I am a little out of touch on the Nintendo end of the eShop thing. I think it's still available to buy, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if their eShop is still going on the Wii U for the Wii side. Do you know? I'm not sure at all. I do know that I nobody own touches the game. their Wii U. <laughs> I've got it for the N64. But well, there we go. So, if you have any thoughts on Sin and Punishment, or even on the next big game that we do, which is going to be Yakuza Six: The Song of Life, because nothing says tough gangster like the subtitle "The Song of Life." <laughs> if you would like to give your thoughts, to have us read them on the show then you can hit us up on our website where we have a form. We also have a form to submit a game if you'd like us to talk about it, except for what we did to the poor gentleman who suggested Tales. We're still very sorry for that. We are. We, and are, we, <laughs> we also have an email at thebiteffect at gmail.com and Facebook, Instagram, you know, the usual. Anything else, Craig? Uh, no, that's it. Um, next big game, Yak, is uh, next week will be our What's Coming Up in 2019 and What Are We Excited About episode, which will be a fun blether of me talking about Psychonauts 2. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. I thought we decided we were going to spend the whole episode talking about Mutant Year Zero. Oh. Is Biomutant came out yet, by the way? I remember that game being exciting. Yeah. Oh, has it come out? I don't think it's it not has. Yet. I, it kind of disappeared. Yeah, I wonder. We'll need to look at that either next week or at this moment in time. I bet you Biomutant got released yesterday or something like that, and (laughs) and I look like an idiot. 
Yeah, in our past 2018 selves, we will look into Biomutant. When this releases, we have already looked into Biomutant, making yes. this all pointless. Very pointless, but left in the episode uh, to show that we are real people. Yes, of course. So, Craig, sign us off, man. Cool. Right. Um, how do you, how do, I don't need to sign us off with anything other than saying it's been an honour and a privilege to record things for your years in the past couple of years and we're looking forward to 2019 Woo! Woo! say goodnight Dave take it easy folks bye